We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. This week 16, make sure you're heading over to Yahoo again if you are playing paid-for-play fantasy sports because they've got their $1 million baller tournament back and they also ran back the guaranteed overlay. Last week was $250,000. They're doing it again. That's over a half million dollars that they are adding to the prize pool over the last two weeks. If you don't know what overlay means, what they're doing is $750,000 in entries is the max they can take and they're going to be paying out $1 million. The best value in DFS is happening right now at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Check them out, rotogrinders.com slash Yahoo. Use that promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching deposit bonus on that first deposit. Make sure you're playing over there this week 16. It's Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. As promised, we're back with part two of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com, breaking down the rest of the week 16 games with my boys, my fellow OGs, Notorious and Head Chopper. I am here. Guys, how we doing? Noto, we'll start with you, brother. Yeah, doing well. Getting closer to Christmas. So, uh, yeah, getting excited for that. Getting excited for the last two weeks of NFL. Speaking of Christmas, let's bring in old Santa Chop. I know this is your favorite time of the year, buddy. How we doing? Love me some holidays. Doing well. Uh, all winding down. It's it's a really good mix of uh, sports going on right now. We got NBA every night. You know the way they've laid out the college game. We every Saturday from here till New Year's is is at least four or five college football games, and then we got our. NFL too. It's really good. It's really good sports time of year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the playoffs are, are coming to a conclusion here. A lot of teams still alive for the playoffs. I know a lot of people season long fantasy championships are this week. Like you said, college, we get that Christmas day NBA set schedule mm. uh, is always a lot of fun, but 
We are here to finish up week 16, guys. So let's jump right back into the games here and finish up the analysis before we get to some user questions. We'll get started with Minnesota and Detroit. So one team with a lot to play for, one team that may be playing for a coach that might be one and out. Some whispers here. I live in the, the Detroit area, and they're already talking about getting rid of Patricia, trying to get rid of Stafford. So it is a mess here in Detroit. So Minnesota, Chop, coming off that big game. Do they do it here again? Because we've seen them struggle on the road. Or is the confidence building? Do we just go back to Minnesota here? And is it Cook? Is it the passing game? Or do you have any hesitations against the Lions? Uh, I have some some hesitation against trying to pound pound into the Detroit uh, defensive line. They've been a lot better since they made the trade to acquire Harrison. So a little bit of trepidation. But Dalvin Cook looked really good last week. I'm sure he'll be fine. I think – my biggest takeaway here is I'm going to be all over the uh, Kirk Cousins to one of his receivers train this week. I think that uh, the best thing that could have happened last week was the big game from Cook, and now the play action is going to open up even more this week against a weak Detroit secondary. So I'll take a look at the cornerback matchups here as the weeks roll in and try to pinpoint the, the best matchup out there. But, I, I mean, I don't even think that matters. I just think – you get Thielen and Diggs, and you flip a coin. One of them is going to have a big game. One of them is going to have a, an average to decent game. So uh, I'll, I want to pair up Cousins with that guy because I think the big Cook game actually does more for the play action this week. So that's where I'm going for the Minnesota side. On the other side, I like that Galladay had a big game last week against a very tough cornerback, but I would not want to play him this week against uh, Xavier Rhodes in this defense. He is the only form of offense they have. I think. Minnesota's smart enough to take him away. So I'm going to assume that they give him the full treatment right here and, and he's not going to be able to get loose. So I have no interest in Detroit. Yeah, same. I mean, Galladay has been a, an intriguing question for me every week. You know, the, the one point is he's going to get a lot of targets. And he's the only guy in the offense. The other part is he's the only guy in the offense. He's the only guy you got to worry about. So I you know, had that big game against Buffalo. Uh, unfortunately, didn't have a lot of exposure here. Derek, what do we do with him here against Minnesota? I think I'm with Chop in more avoiding him than going back to the well here in Kenny Galladay. Yeah, maybe I can uh, persuade you guys a little bit. So last week against the Bills, uh, Galladay ran half his routes in the slot to try to get him away from Tredavious White. I uh, got to think they're going to do that again to get him away from Xavier Rhodes, especially if Bruce Ellington ends up being out. So if that's the case, I will take some shots on Galladay. I uh, like him a little bit more than you too. But that's pretty much the only guy that I want to target on Detroit. Zach Zander kind of led the way in the backfield, uh, but I don't really want to target him against the against the Vikings here. And then for the for Minnesota, their new offensive coordinator, he split the slot routes between Diggs and Thielen, uh, so that's kind of interesting. Makes me kind of like uh, Diggs a little bit more in this matchup, uh, even though uh, Slay's going to be on the outside, he might be able to avoid him for you know quite a few snaps in this one. I think Thielen's fine as well. I agree with Chop in that I think it's a good week to hop off of Dalvin Cook. It's not that he can't have a big game, but Detroit's been a lot better against the run since they got Snacks Harrison. And, yeah, there's just a lot of running backs, especially right at that price point. You know, we pay $400 more to get Nick Chubb at home in a better matchup. So I'm leaning towards this passing game as well, and then don't mind bringing it back with Galladay. Yeah, I think Cook will be popular. When you look over on Yahoo, his, his price actually came down, and that's them pricing the matchup. You know, like you guys said, Detroit season-wise – the numbers look bad against the run, but they're a top five defense against the run since the trade. So I agree. You know, uh, Dalvin Cook was a guy I had a ton of exposure to last week. This week, 
not as excited. Plus, Latavius Murray pretty got much got as many carries as he did. So it, it's a split backfield. I'm more on the passing game here, Cousins, Thielen, and Diggs. All right, moving on to our next game. We have New England at home as massive favorites here against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills played tight with Detroit there, New England. Not so much. It was a game that was my biggest mistake last week was I was overexposed to that Pittsburgh-New England game, just didn't get points. Derek, do we go back to New England here? Do we worry about the blowout? How do we handle this one? The other question, Josh Allen just keeps getting it done. Do, do we go back to that well this week? Yeah, I think you can go right back to him. Over the last four weeks, he's the number one fantasy quarterback in the NFL, which is pretty crazy. Uh, last week, he got it done without uh, you know doing too much rushing. Only had 16 rushing yards, but he did uh, find the end zone. It's a game where they're going to be trailing, so he's going to be airing it out quite a bit. So at his price point, I think he's one of the top quarterback plays of the week. He'll probably be popular, but uh, I don't mind going to him. The running backs are pretty much all hurt. They got McCoy, Ivory, Murphy, all questionable. Uh, just going to be a wait-and-see approach there. If Keith Ford ends up being you know, the workhorse back, then you can maybe look at him. But for now, just take a wait-and-see approach there. Uh, Robert Foster has been uh, really good over the last couple of weeks, back-to-back 100-yard games. I think the Patriots will probably try to you know, stop him a little bit. Um, if that's the case, then maybe opens things up for Zay Jones you know, underneath a little bit. But – yeah, I mean, I think Buffalo's actually pretty interesting in this spot. And then for the Patriots, yeah, after they had that 60-yard bomb to Hogan, I thought, oh, this is going to be a great game. It's going to be a shootout 40-40. to And then both teams just started running the ball. Uh, Pittsburgh and New England, that was very frustrating to watch. But I think you can go back to um, your usual guys here. I don't mind Edelman, but he's kind of priced up a little bit. Gordon in tournaments, Gronk in tournaments, they're fine. But for the most part, I think it's just one of those games where the Patriots – you know, sort of split the work between all their running backs and uh, split the work between their pass catchers as well. So not as high on New England as I am on Buffalo. Yeah, it's always a frustrating situation. We know they're going to put up points, but as big favorites, chop, it's really hard to identify a Patriot that you can get aboard with. So anyone that stands out here for you for New England and then the Buffalo side, Josh Allen, yes or no? No, no on Josh Allen, no on the Buffalo side. Robert Foster was my saving grace last week. He was the – with all the terrible wide receiver performances, to end up on that guy was is the thing that bailed me out of a lot of contests. So, But I can't go back there this week. Now, this is like – this is the game that will tell me exact – it's weird to say it, but this is the one that's going to tell me where New England is. Like, I know they lost to Pittsburgh and, you know – and everybody wants to write them off or they want to say that they're just, you know, they're getting ready for the playoff. This is the one because every year in the past when they've had these good teams, you know, in mid-December at home against a team like Buffalo, they would smash. This is a 40-plus to nothing game right here, a 40-7 to seven game. This is a smash spot for New England in years past. It's just the way they operated. In the snow, in the snow games against Tennessee, where they shut them out forty to nothing and things like, so see if they can handle Buffalo. I fully expect them to come out here and wipe wipe Buffalo clean off the map here. So with that being said, I think I can turn my, I think I turn some, I think Brady goes for four touchdowns. I like Brady a lot this week. I think uh, he, I don't know who to pair him with because there's all these options. I think Gronk, sure he's not as good as he used to be, but. It's Buffalo. If they want to get him back on track, this is a good game to get him back on track. Edelman's always solid. Josh Gordon is a mutter. I've said that before, man. He doesn't need a clean track like T.Y. Hilton to get it done. He can go off in the, on a dirty track like this. So 
I think everybody's in play here for New England. I think this is a blowout. All right, let's move on to our next game. This one should be fun, guys. Atlanta and Carolina. I mean, two teams, nothing to play for, but two teams that, that offensively we thought could put some points on the board. We didn't see many from Carolina in that Monday night game, but I think the big story here is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you go back to the, the first game between these two teams, Chop, season high, 14 receptions on 15 targets. And we know Atlanta, A, struggles against the run, but B, really struggles with pass-catching running backs. So McCaffrey's in that same price on DraftKings with Ezekiel Elliott. I know we talked about that in part one. We still have some questions about Dallas, but where does he rank amongst the running backs this week? Do we just keep playing McCaffrey and figure out the rest? Yeah, I think uh... – I think that's where we're at right now. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at Carolina, and I just don't see where else they get it done. It, it has to be McCaffrey, right? Um, Cam Newton obviously is struggling with an injury right now. Can't get the ball downfield at all. So, therefore, Moore and Samuel, Funches, none of those guys are in play if he can't get the ball downfield. He's got to dump it off to McCaffrey, the sole focus on this team. And uh, just it's so tough to, like, come out and defend those running backs – out of the backfield, the way he operates. So I don't think there's a game plan you're going to implement in, in Atlanta in three days of practice this week that's going to magically shut down McCaffrey. So definitely – Let, me, let the, me jump in here real quick. Okay. Let's just, for, for pretend sake, we don't know this, but let's say they shut down Cam Newton, just looking ahead. And then it's Tyler Heineke playing quarterback for Carolina. Are we still interested in Christian McCaffrey? Because you got to think Atlanta, that, that's their one focus is stop him. Does that change anything for you? Yeah, it changes everything. I'd be totally off of this team altogether. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even mess with that. So, just just exactly looking ahead, I, just in case, yeah. because it's yeah. certainly a possibility they're out of it. You know, why risk this guy? Kind of like we talked about with Aaron Rodgers. But don't want to scare anybody. And we don't have any news <laughs> on Cam yet. So let's continue with the analysis here, Chuck. I mean, yeah, it's a good, it's a very valid point. It just, de it just depends on how they feel. They're not mathematically eliminated. So maybe you still uh, scrap and claw to the very end and, you know, you play, you, and you play Newton all the way until you're mathematically eliminated. But yeah, if he's out, then I don't want anybody in it. It's a total, total black hole for me. I'm, I'm out. I don't want any of it. On the flip side, Atlanta, those guys, I mean, those guys are fine. So Tevin Coleman's going to get a big workload, bigger workload. This isn't the ideal matchup, so I don't know if I – maybe people chase – I'm gonna, I'm interested to see the ownership projected numbers on Coleman because if he's too high, I can certainly fade him on the road against a fairly tough run defense. I can fade that guy. Julio banged up last week. We'll see what his status is this week. They're eliminated from the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. So there's no real reason to run him if he is indeed – even slightly injured. I'll be interested to see his status. But if he's healthy, he burns Carolina, and I can go that route. Brian Hill is a name that pretty much replaces Edo Smith as a guy. We know Atlanta's going to use multiple running backs. There's not a huge pricing gap between him and Tevin Coleman, but just wanted to get the name out there. Minimum price on both DraftKings and Yahoo. So could be a guy that gets some looks here in this matchup. All right, Derek, your thoughts here again. With or without Cam, answer the McCaffrey question. Obviously, with, he's a lock and load. Without, what do you think there? And then the rest of Falcons and Panthers. This is one of those games that would have looked a lot better a few weeks ago. Um, just don't know where these teams are at in terms of motivation. But, yeah, uh, with Cam Newton, if he's active, and I love Christian McCaffrey because Cam can't throw the ball downfield right now. 
Uh, he was you know, leaving 15-yard passes, five yards short, just not even getting close. He looks like a little kid when he throws a football, his whole upper body is just moving and his head snapping. And it looks so strange. Uh, he just has no arm strength right now. So, yeah, if he's active, then McCaffrey's going to see a ton of targets because he can't really throw it to anyone downfield right now. So uh, I do like C-Mac in that scenario. If Cam's out, then I agree with you guys. Just fade that the entire uh, Panthers team completely. Uh, and it's worth noting that Atlanta's been a little bit better defensively. Um, they got Deion Jones back, and they've been uh, better uh, against the running back over the last uh, couple weeks or so. But uh, C-Mac's still firmly in play if Newton's active. And for Atlanta, yeah, I kind of agree with Chop. If Coleman's going to be popular, then I don't mind fading him. If he's going to be low-owned, then I'll probably use some of them in tournaments. And Julio Jones always in play. You know, this is a Carolina team that he scorched a couple years ago. I think he had like 300 yards something crazy like that but uh yeah just not as much interest in this game as i probably would have had a few weeks ago all right next one for chicago and the 49ers as we transition into the four o'clock games here on the main slate of week 16 so the bears Derek, very much could move up and get a bye here you know they're only sitting a game behind the rams here in the standing so a big game for them the problem is the 49ers continue winning games when they should probably be losing games to play for a playoff spot. So we kind of saw this last season. The, the Niners put up a fight at the end of the season. They're beating some good teams. Do they put up a fight here against the Bears? Yeah, I think they do. They've looked uh, pretty good. They're playing at home. Uh, Chicago, you know, traveling out west uh, for a late game. That's never an ideal spot for a team. So I think uh, San Francisco plays pretty well here. Don't really want to trust the running backs unless Breda, you know, ends up getting ruled out late. Then you can go to Jeff Wilson. But Dante Pettis is the guy I want to play here. He's had at least 80 yards and or a touchdown in four straight games. Uh, Marquise Goodwin only played seven snaps last week. So uh, I don't think he's going to be a factor moving forward. So it's going to be Pettis and it's going to be Kittle for San Francisco. Even though it's a tough matchup, I think uh, you can play these guys. I mean, they played well in tough matchups uh, the last couple weeks. And then for Chicago – I hate to say it, but they're kind of Patriot-esque right now and that they're probably going to score a lot of points, but I just don't really know who to target from this team. When I want to play Cohen, Howard ends up having a big game, scores the touchdowns, and all their receivers are just getting such limited workloads that uh, I don't feel great about any of them. Uh, you can maybe look at Trey Burton. Um, he's you know a tight end that has some touchdown equity, uh, and that's pretty rare these days uh, in DFS right now when it comes to tight ends. Yeah, and even usually you can circle it back to Mitch Trubisky. I'm, I'm with you, Derek. It's hard to pinpoint a bear you like, but, you know, hasn't been as good away from home in his career. So a game on the road, a defense that's playing better. Chop, your boy Chucky Mullins, you going that route this week. Chucky Mullins, man. Uh, yeah, I'd probably pass on that one. But uh, I'm going to look at uh, – this Chicago team, I, I slightly disagree with Derek a little bit. Not not to be rude about it, but I think, first off, Trubisky has as much upside as any quarterback on the slate. So I think we could go there. And uh, I, I disagree with the uh, production part of it. I just I mean, Jordan Howard sneaks into the end zone. And the last couple of weeks haven't been bad for him. But, man, Tariq Cohen is the guy you want. Like, he's, he's, the, he's the number one weapon in his offense. And I think you can pair him with Trubisky and uh, – like that's his that's his favorite target period. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Chicago on the road, and this is going to be a more competitive game because it is on the road like that. So I think Cohen's one of my favorite running backs this week. He he usually is, but this this really shaping up well for him this week. So I like that aspect. On the flip side, 
Uh, I mean, yeah, there's going to be Pettis love this week, and it's deservedly so from what he's done, and the price tag really isn't going to rise that much. So that's good, and George Kittle's fine. But Chicago Bear defense is tough enough. I don't think I'm going to have too much exposure to any of it. Just a note on Yahoo, Tariq Cohen is cheaper than Jordan Howard. You know, I know it's only half-point PPR mm-hmm. over there, but Howard, $22. Cohen, just 19 bucks on Yahoo. So I think there's plenty of room. On that bone over there, so a nice value play for you. I agree on that one. All right, next game, the struggling Rams chop going to Arizona. Now they're 15 and a half point favorites here. So the big question is, what's going on with this team? What? 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 I know Gurley is hurt. That's kind of affected things here. But are you concerned with the Rams enough to not utilize them here? You, you got the struggles. You got the big spread. Or do you think this is one where they just go off? to get prepared for the playoffs and just light up the Cardinals. It's going to be interesting to see the status of Gurley on, on Sunday afternoon. Um, I think that chasing down New Orleans is not really reasonable right now. I, I, don't, I don't think you risk Gurley if he is beat up and he does have swelling in his knee or ankle or whatever it is. I don't think you risk him because of the odds that you catch New Orleans right now after this weekend are, are pretty long are pretty much a long shot. So boy, that could open up a serious, serious player in the backfield there for LA. And I think going back to your question as what's wrong with them, man, I think, gosh, I think there's two things wrong. Gurley is hurt and he is an engine that drove this offense. Like everything he does, not just running, but receiving. If you can't do those things. And by the end of that game on Sunday night, he looked terrible. Like he couldn't even get out of bounds on the most crucial play of the game. He couldn't get out of bounds and stop the clock, and it really looked like a struggle for him. I think he's hurt, and then also the Cooper Cup injury was a big, big issue for golf, losing that security blanket like that. So those are big things. But I think it's corrected. If you rest Gurley and you get him healthy for the playoffs, I think you could still make noise in the playoffs. I still think you're one of the top two teams in the in the conference. So, uh, but I think they'll bounce back big time in this game. I expect them to roll. If Gurley is out, then I'll play his backup. But I'll also have a lot more exposure to Woods and Cooks because I think it becomes more of a passing game. And if Gurley is in there, I could take a shot on Gurley. But I still think uh, Robert Woods is, is a way to go here in this game. That's just Woods and Cooks. But I think I lean Woods. I just – yeah. And on the flip side, Arizona, they just – Josh Rose is just not that good right now. David Johnson is probably going to get shut down in the middle by Aaron Donald and the boys, so I don't have much interest in that offense. Yeah, looking at John Kelly, 4K on DraftKings, so they have him priced up a little bit, but minimum price on Yahoo. I would expect him to get the majority of the work there in Arizona. We know uh, gives up a ton of yards on the ground. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, I would think we would get news in advance of the Sunday slate, but being a 4 o'clock game, maybe not. So big domino still to fall. Derek, your thoughts, same questions. You know, are, are we excited about the Rams? Are we worried about them because of the blowout factor here and the way they're playing? How are you handling the Rams? Here? I know Gurley's a big question mark, but what do we do with this team? Yeah, if Gurley's out, you obviously play John Kelly at that price point. If Gurley's active, he's a full fade for me. They do need to win this game. They probably can't catch the Saints because they don't have the tiebreaker there, but they don't have the tiebreaker against the Bears either. And if they lose another game, then uh, the Bears – We'll end up getting the bye in the first round. So they do still have something to play for. So if you want to use that argument to play Gurley, you can. But, yeah, I don't think they need to push him in a game where they're favored by 14 points. Guru Chop, I think it's a Robert Woods week. Uh, Brandon Cooks could get shadowed by Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, I know he's you know faster than Peterson, but 
I do still prefer Woods. Uh, he's just one of those corners that I just don't target receivers against. Uh, burned me a little bit last week with Julio, but uh, yeah, Peterson's just awesome. So I'm not going to go down that well. And then Arizona, you don't play anyone from them really at this point in the season. You play the defense that they're facing. Josh Rosen just continues to give up big games of the opposing team. So I uh, wish I would have played more Falcons defense last week, but won't be making that mistake again. I'll be on the Rams defense in this one. All right, last game here on the main slate. We got the team we keep talking about, New Orleans leading the NFC. And a quick look ahead for these teams. Chicago goes to Minnesota next week. Uh, the Rams go to their home against San Francisco. And New Orleans is home against Carolina. But this week, they're home against Pittsburgh. And I keep mentioning – Pittsburgh as a team, Derek, that I thought would score 30-some points against New England. We just didn't get it. Now going to the Dome, the only 50-plus point total that we have on this main slate. I expect this to be a very popular game, the game everybody wants to stack. So how do we handle this one? Do we just stack it up and differentiate elsewhere? What's your plan for Steelers and Saints? Yeah, the Steelers and Saints offenses have both underwhelmed the last two weeks, but now we got uh, in New Orleans, so you got to think Drew Brees is going to put up some points at home in the Dome, and then obviously you got to think that uh, Pittsburgh gets rolling a little bit here. So I will be stacking this game. You know, it burned me a little bit last week with the Steelers and Patriots, but don't mind going right back to the well. I think Ben's pretty much a lock for that 300-yard bonus. As far as the running backs go, uh, even if Connor's out, I'm not sure I want to pay $6,700 for Samuels. Uh, they ran a bunch of different formations where they would just split out the Patriots wide, and Samuels didn't even see the field on uh, you know a couple of the drives um, in a row for Steelers. So even though he's had a couple of nice games in a row, and even though he's a really good pass-catching running back, I just think he doesn't quite match up with some of those other workhorse backs this week. Uh, love Kamara, like always. I think his price is – little too cheap for what he brings to the table. Uh, it's a game that should probably stay close. Uh, and Ingram, most of his production has come in blowouts. So I uh, definitely lean Kamara over Ingram in this one. And Michael Thomas just hasn't been seeing the workload that we want him to. Uh, you know, he's had less than 10 targets in five of his last six games. It doesn't mean that's going to happen moving forward, but uh, I just think they spread it around so much that I don't want to pay a premium for him. Would much rather go on the other side of the ball and take a shot in, on Antonio or Juju. We're in uh, pretty good bounce back spots against the Saints who are dead last in fantasy points allowed to receivers this season. So real quick on Samuels, DraftKings moved him up. You know, he's top 10 price running back on the week. But if you're over on FanDuel ch or Yahoo Chop, same price as LeGarrette Blunt, Jamal Williams, Alfred Blue, Naheem Hines. He's cheaper than Rashad Penny, Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams. So I think there's still value left on, on him on Yahoo at just $14. His price went down from last week. So feels like a free square over there. I expect him to be popular on Yahoo. But what do you do with him on DraftKings? I think that's the big question. Uh, I'm not playing him on DraftKings. I agree with a lot of the things that, uh, uh, that Derek said. In fact, um, you know, I fail to believe that he's going to put up a Christian McCaffrey-type receiving performance he could and I certainly don't think he's going to throw for a touchdown like McCaffrey did against the Saints the point being the Saints are really tough against running backs at times and if they could put a bottle on Christian McCaffrey they can certainly do the same to Jalen Samuels so even on Yahoo where he's cheap I can definitely fade him and in fact the 10 teams I go and I run out over there I'll be you know well under the field depending on what the field is, but I'll be well under the field regardless. I'm not, I'm not a huge Samuels fan this week. I think 
I think it's a, like Derek said, I'm all, all over Antonio and Juju this week. I think they're in for huge games here. So the thing is, is this is almost like a mirror image of last week where all the games are just kind of mundane, not nothing too sexy. And then all of a sudden the, the late afternoon hammer, the last game on the board is this big last week it was Steelers and Patriots and everybody loaded up on it this week it's Saints and Steelers and everybody's going to load up on it so you know it's a blueprint last week was kind of like a blueprint for this week what you know what people did is what they're going to do again so uh, it's going to be interesting from that perspective but I can fade Samuels I like the passing game for Pittsburgh the other pieces of it New Orleans this is it man this is the get right spot all these guys are in play for me I love Michael Thomas, love Kamara, love Breeze. This is one of those games where they're back at home. They've been struggling on offense, but it's, I think a lot of it has, is a product of going on the road and Drew Breeze just not being as good on the road. I think they really get on track here, and, and uh, I see them putting up a big number here. All right, let's move on to Sunday night football. Remember, not available on DraftKings, but on Yahoo, this game is available in their main slate. So don't forget about that one when you're doing your research. I think there's an edge to be had there where people won't think about this one, but one of the highest totals on the week here, Kansas City going to Seattle, chop 53 and a half. We have a very close spread in this game. So Patrick Mahomes, let's start there. Same price range as Roethlisberger, as Breeze on Yahoo. What do we do? Do we just keep playing Patrick Mahomes or do you prefer those other guys in the dome? You know, I, this week I kind of prefer those other guys in the dome, and I still think <clears throat> I still think he has a chance to crush it like always. But this is more of a this is a much better real life game than it is a fantasy game to me. Like uh, this, these two teams. Like, think about the number of teams around the <clears throat> around the league. Man, what in the hell? I need some water. Let <clears throat> me clear that out there, man. Man, choking over here. Like, think about the number of teams that are out there that are going to be watching this game at night with something riding on it, like playoff teams in the NFC hoping Seattle loses, uh, teams in the AFC hoping Kansas City folds because they can either get the division, San Diego, or home field advantage throughout the AFC. Like, this is such an important game. But as far as fantasy, it's just not super interesting, at least from the Kansas City side. Uh, Seattle's tough. On defense at home, Kansas City's lacking some weapons. I think uh, Tyreek Hill I don't think is 100%. Obviously, we're down running backs here. Don't know if Ware comes back or not, but all those things lead to me to believe that I can go light on Kansas City here. And Seattle's in a pretty good spot at home against Kansas City, but they've shown no interest in ever having Russell Wilson explode or do well or like really push the issue this year. Therefore, his receivers are, are slacking, so the running game is the way you go. And a Chris Carson looked great. I would definitely ride Chris Carson here, but I think it's a better real-life game than it is a fantasy game. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more excited about it than you are. A guy like Doug Baldwin, Derek, uh, I'm a big fan of here. I know they're not throwing a ton, but four touchdowns over the last four weeks, 27 targets over that time frame. And we know they're going to have to score points here. So the game plan will be to run the ball, but you know, Kansas City starts putting up points. I think a guy like Doug Baldwin, very intriguing, just $18 on Yahoo. So one of my favorite kind of mid-range receivers this week. Your thoughts there, Baldwin, Mahomes, and the rest of the Sunday night game, Chiefs and Seahawks. Yeah, in terms of Mahomes versus some of the other league quarterbacks on Yahoo, I think I would play Ben over him. Uh, it's just a tough spot to play in Seattle. Not that he can't play well here. He's done it well, uh, you know, in tough matchups all season. 
I'm just not sure I want to play him instead of Ben or Breeze or, you know, some of those other guys. Um, as far as, you know, Damian Williams, uh, chop team running backs don't matter. I mean, he made a strong case for them last week, put up 30 uh, on the Chargers. You know, he wasn't even a guy that uh, could make it in Miami. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still mixed on uh, team running back. But uh, I think you can play him if uh, Ware ends up being out again. Hill and Kelsey, we know Hill has much better splits on the road than he does at home. Seattle's pass defense just hasn't been as good uh, over the last couple of weeks. We've seen the Niners burn them twice um, over the last couple of weeks. So don't mind looking at Hill in tournaments. And then Seattle, the best case scenario for Russell Wilson in the passing game is if the Chiefs get out and build a big lead, then they can't really rely on that running game. So I do like Wilson to some of his pass catchers in tournaments. Uh, Carson's fine, but it's just a week where there's so many running backs that I want to play that I doubt I'll end up having any Chris Carson. All right, there you go. That'll wrap up the main slate on Yahoo analysis. We still have Monday Night Football. We don't have any pricing on DraftKings for this game, so we'll just talk about the game, some guys that we may like here. I'm sure we can kind of narrow in on where the pricing would land, but we have Denver and Oakland in the Monday Nighter, so maybe from a, a showdown perspective, just guys we're looking at, again, without pricing, it's tough, but Derek in this matchup, you know, close two and a half, three point spread, total kind of middling at 44 and a half. What do we get excited about here in this matchup? Is it going back to maybe a Philip Lindsay? Does Oakland, you know, put up some points here against this Denver defense? How do we handle Broncos and Raiders? Yeah, maybe it's a flaw in my strategy, but I haven't even considered a Raiders player since uh, Martavis Bryant ended up putting up that goose egg like five or six weeks ago. I don't think I've even considered anybody from Oakland. Um, but if you're playing the showdown, don't really have a choice. Uh, I'll have to look more into it as to who to play on Oakland. But uh, for Denver, uh, if you look at their uh, target totals over the last two games with Manny Sanders out, Deshaun Hamilton, 21 targets. Tim Patrick, 18 targets. Cortland Sutton, 12 targets. Um, so I'll play Hamilton and Patrick over Sutton. Sutton's a guy that's always more popular than the other two. And uh, don't mind going back to Philip Lindsay and, you know, maybe pairing him up with the Broncos defense. All right, Mr. Showdown Slay, what do you got here? Monday Night Football. Okay. Well, since, uh, since Derek called me out on that one, I'd like to use this time to rebut. <laughs> and, the floor and is say, yours. And say that Case Keenum – perfect poster boy for quarterbacks don't really matter, right? I mean, last year, Minnesota leads them to one game within the Super Bowl, 67% completion percentage, 22 to 7 touchdown INT ratio, undrafted free agent out of University of Houston, I might add, Case Keenum. So what does that tell you about quarterbacks? Does it say that they don't matter? No, Derek. What it says is that it's all about the system. I've already already been through this this morning with uh, Maddock on the Pittsburgh running back. It's not it, – it has nothing to do – it's the systems these guys are in, the coaching and the players around you. That's what, that's what really matters, right? So you could take a quarterback and put him in a great system. He could be an undrafted quarterback who's just very average. He could look great under the right coaching. Same thing for running backs. It's a great system in Pittsburgh for running backs. But don't you can't discredit these guys and say that they, none of them matter, that they're all equals. They're not equals. Like, it's the whole Aaron Jones point. Aaron Jones is clearly a better running back than Jamal Williams, correct? That's why we say free Aaron Jones, because he's better. So if you acknowledge that a guy's better, then that guy's more likely to help your team win. Ultimately, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you, these guys can't all produce the same stats in the same system because it's a friendly system with good coaching. But – 
Case Keenum's a very average quarterback who had a great year last year. Now he's struggling under a bad coach with bad players around him. You know, the coaching and all that goes that all that stuff means so much more than actually trying to figure out using those stats and trying to figure out if running backs don't matter or do matter. That's that's that would be my point. That's been my point all along, right? I, I just coaching matters more more than anything else. But anyway. This game's interesting. It's the exact opposite of the Sunday night game. This has zero meaning to anybody in the world except for maybe the most diehard Bronco and Raiders fans, but we got to eat it on Monday night, and we're going we're gonna to use DFS for it. So, and, it's, and to me, this is a very interesting DFS game. I, uh, I keep waiting for Sutton to break out, but maybe he's just not going to break out. Maybe he is who he is. Maybe everybody really overvalued him as he was the third stringer behind Demarius and Emmanuel and nobody really cared about him. So he was getting some easy targets and he made a few targets count. Maybe that's who he really is. Maybe he's not really the workhorse that everybody wanted him to be. So I'm going to go there again, but he may not be that guy. Philip Lindsay's fine. This is definitely a good matchup for him. Maybe this is the week Lacoste catches a pass. Not sure. Not going to bet my life savings on it because he guy kind of sucks too. But And then for the Oakland side, I really can't see myself pushing the issue with like Jordy Nelson's I'm more likely to play a Marcel Aitman and hope I could strike lightning in the bottle with that so it's an interesting fantasy game it's thank god you have DFS otherwise it'd get the lowest ratings of all time damn you Matt Lacoste I've sunk more money on that please I keep trying tight end is just a wasteland man Oh, he had four catches last week. Yeah, big big deal. Didn't help me much. <laughs> he was probably the number two tight end of the week. <laughs> probably. It was it was bad for tight ends as it's been all season long. So that'll wrap up the game analysis, guys. Uh, we'll answer some user questions. And, Chop, I know you got a few questions. We'll get to that after these, and then we'll get out of here for week 16. So Aaron on Twitter wants to know, since the wives don't listen to your show, and I think that applies to two-thirds of the show here, what are you buying them for Christmas? So, Derek, you better be careful here because your, your wife might tune in. No, she likes to be involved by asking questions, but she doesn't listen to us. She's okay, got so it. <laughs> start it off. Well, what's the big plan for the wife for Christmas? Uh, I got it easy this year. My wife wanted some couches. I was like, all right, give oh. some couches. Had oh. her go pick them out, Man. paid them off, and oh. I'm done. That's that's a beautiful thing right there. My wife feel like, no, these don't count for Christmas. You're just buying them, <laughs> and then there's going to be something on top of that. Chop, what's the plan for the wife for Christmas? Whew, that's a good question. I'm glad you guys reminded me. I'm going to have to ask my kids when they get home from school today. We're running out of time. We better put our minds together and figure something out. I, I really, I really don't know. As of right now, we're kind of it's kind of up in the air. I have no idea. You know, there's, it's so peculiar. They ask you, they ask you and, and bug you for like a month. Like, what do you want? What do you want? What does your mom want? What does your dad want? What do we get for your parents? But they don't ever, when you ask them, what do you want for Christmas? They're like, I don't you know. There's no real direct answer there. So you got to figure it out yourself, but I'll let the kids, we'll put our minds together and we'll figure something out. But as of right now, that's up in the air, man. Same boat, man. It's a week out. I'm like, I don't know. She doesn't really need anything. So my fallback is always get her some massages. That that that's probably oh, the yeah. gift I get her the most is want some massages. But you know, it's it's always a good gift. She doesn't really need much anything else. So I'm in the same boat, Chop. I gotta I gotta figure this out. We're running out of time here. So hopefully something clicks here sooner than later. Otherwise, back to the massage parlor for me. All right, Frankie5Angels on Twitter wants to know, how do you juggle DFS and family time? And I think it's a great question a lot of people struggle with. You know, if you want to be successful playing DFS, 
it takes time. You, you have to research. You have to build the lineups. NBA, you're always adjusting lineups. So, guys, any tips you can give Frankie on juggling family and DFS? Chop. Oh, for me, well, I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Several years ago, I would, you know, when I only had one kid and this was like a, a big, a big full-time thing, I would, I would devote a lot of time to it. And, and I was pretty good at it. But as the years went on and I got, my family grew, the time became less and less. And I've definitely seen a direct correlation in my performance in DFS. So uh, that's definitely a thing. I just don't have the same time that I used to have. I'd rather, you know, those, those NBA nights, I'd rather be out there eating dinner with my kids or doing something with my kids than sitting here combing over the lineup. So I've definitely struggled from that aspect of it. But, you know, if you want to be good at it, man, you've got to set a time aside to do it, uh, set the time aside to do it. That's just the bottom line. You're, there's no shortcuts in this game. As much as I would like to subscribe to a service that gives me all the answers, those things don't exist. You have to piece it together yourself and you got to put the time in and it's going to be on you to figure it out. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is support from your wife and, and you know, I'm lucky to have that. You know, she knows I love this and that I put time into it, but I, I do try to spend more time with my family make sure I get as much done while they're at school or, you know, when they go to bed at night, that's usually my research time, you know, it's late at night. So you might have to sacrifice. You know, some nights I'm up till one, two o'clock in the morning looking at stats and things, but you know, that, that, that's, it's the balance of the two, I, I think, is the biggest thing. But definitely takes a supportive wife, Derek. I know you have that in your household. Yeah, for sure. And I think balance is uh, the right word to use there. Uh, as Chop mentioned, I mean, there's a direct trade-off between, you know, time spent with uh, DFS and your results. I mean, you listen to the – the Condi had a podcast uh, with Adam Leviton earlier in the season. He said he wouldn't leave his basement for weeks. Like, he wouldn't even shower for weeks when he was uh, at the top <laughs> of his game. Like, it's – it, but it's, it's true. If you want to be the best at something, then, you know, you can't really make time for anything else. And so it really just comes down to what matters to you. And, uh, you know, for me, the important things in life are my family. So you got to make a balance and, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. There's always time for a shower. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. For sure. That's just, that's, <laughs> he's going overboard with that one. Yeah, I mean, he, he was great at his pinnacle, no doubt, but I, I'm showering every day. I don't give a damn. That, that's, that's going to the top of the list. So. <laughs> All right, Derek, your wife threw in some questions. So it's a four-parter here. So first one, you get a hall pass. Now she says, who's your go-to guy or girl? I'm hoping we're all going girls here, but no repercussions. Who's the hall pass? Derek, you get to start. Yeah, so the best uh, response to that question, like <laughs> question of somebody, APDFS responded, that's a trap. <laughs> Don't answer number one. Um, but, yeah, she knows uh, she knows my favorites. Uh, I think my hall pass would probably, probably be Mila Kunis. All right. right. Look at you, I man. Like it. I like yeah. it. You guys can oh, yeah. drink some champagne yeah. and uh, have a good time. Chop, yeah. we got hall pass. Yeah. Well, she's that she's definitely up on my list, Kuna, Mila Kunis. So we're, yeah, she was definitely up on there. But if if I did have the hall pass and if that was possible, I'd probably man, so many options. I mean, what do you? How do you even narrow it down? It's like it's like narrowing down to a good good running back in week in week sixteen. There's so many options, but I go. I've always had a, a thing for Shakira, man. Shakira when she was in her prime there. I don't know what she looks like these days. Don't want to, you know, go too overboard there because I don't know. She may have pulled one of those things where she got like instantly twenty years older overnight. But 
but she used to be super smoking. So Shakira was always like my crush here uh, for the past a decade or so. All right, I'm going to spend a, li- a day in the life of Justin Verlander and, and hang out with little Kate Upton for a day. That would definitely be my hall pass. You're doing some wife swapping with Verlander. <laughs> yes, sir. That's, now, that's a good question there, Beer. There's a, there's a question for you right there. If you had a chance to wife swap with Verlander, would you do it? Like permanently or for a day? No, no, just a, a wife swapping, a little swinging, a little swinging action, man. Oh, man. I don't know, man. She, she might know. be off of Verlander, and then he'd have both the chicks. So I might you, be yeah, you'd, have, you'd have uh, – the problem with that, with the, the old swap there would be – You'd have a great night with Upton, but boy, then every time you looked at your wife for the re- for every night yeah. after that, you'd be thinking about old Verlander burrow- burrowing a hole in there, and you know, I don't know if that's good. Plus, she's got to see that <clears throat> Verlander paycheck and be like, eh, "You do pretty well. You ain't doing that well." So, might be here uh, just me and the kids after that. So, I will say no to that. Just give me the hall pass, but no wife swap. All right, Game of Thrones. What character are you? And I'm going to flat out say I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. You, you can hate on me all you want. I just can't get into anything that's set too far back in the past and is not in reality. I just can't do it. So I got to pass on this question. You guys Game of Thrones guys? Yes. All right. Well, you got to give it a try, man. Character here. I don't even know what the hell you're going to say, but what do you got? All right, so there's a backstory to this question. We were at the NBA Live Final for DraftKings last year, and my wife and uh, Cal Spears' wife decided that they would go through everyone that was with us and uh, pick out a Game of Thrones character. So Killer B got Jon Snow, uh, which was just awesome on my part. Uh, guess who I got, if you had to guess. I mean, you seem like a Theon kind of guy. Oh, come on. Theon? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I guess I'm guessing that's bad. I, I don't know these characters, so I mean, he got his uh, man part chopped off. Oh, what? <laughs> ah, you, you're, you're cutting off. I mean, he's, he, he he threw the question out like it was a trick question, so oh. I thought it was okay. a trick question. So it was close to being that bad. I got Brienne of Tarth for some reason. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, because I, I just. Follow along blindly and protect. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek, yeah. who do you want to be? This anyway. is your time to fight back. Who the hell do you want to be? <laughs> come back. But uh, so Grant was involved, and uh, he <laughs> he proclaimed himself to be Hordor. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, for if if I had to choose, I guess I'd uh, choose Jon Snow, even though uh, I don't have many of his uh, character traits. I would say. Uh-huh. There you go, Chop. Who are you? Who are you in Game of Thrones? <sighs> I mean. Uh, I would like to be a little Jon Snow. That's pretty obvious. I'd even, I could even live with being Kyle Drago because that was a pretty tough character when he was still alive. But I'm more likely to resemble Jamie Lannister because those first couple of seasons, he was the big badass. I was a pretty big boy in DFS for a while. (laughs) But boy, they came along and they cut off his hand and now he's just a little... You know, he's just a nobody, and so that's kind of like uh, my career trajectory there. So that's a good answer. Hello, Jamie Lannister. Oh, <laughs> uh, again, I can't answer the question. So give me a character. Who, who am I? Derek, who's the who's the guy with the scar on his face that uh, protect oh, the, uh, the, the not the yeah the yeah dog? yeah. No, is it the Hound? Isn't the, the Hound? Hound? There you go. Yeah, yeah he's the bear. Beer's like the Hound, just this <laughs> big old seven-foot dude who just swings a sword, doesn't say a whole lot, but 
Yeah, I could, I could see, I could see beer being the hound. I, I can handle that, no doubt. All right, third part: liquor or beer? Can only choose one forever. Derek. Uh, beer for me. I'm not a big liquor fan as I get older. Chop. Oh, this is no brainer. It's beer. I've had some bad encounters with liquor, and I, I don't, I don't ever want to go through that again. Yeah, my name, my damn name is beer. I'm obviously choosing beer, liquor. Uh, can get me in trouble when we get uh, into the bottle, so I'll stick with the beer. You also want to know why our Packers are quote shit? The Bears really, they're just bad. I don't have any answers for you. Bad coaching. Rodgers doesn't seem to really care much. So that's all I got there. All right, our our question we tend to get every week: favorite Christmas movie and why? Have you guys watched Die Hard yet? No. I'm gonna guess no from from the, <laughs> from the silence there. So no Die Hard yet. We we'll hash the question here: your favorite Christmas movie and why? Man, we just we just saw it the other night again on TV. Is a bad Santa for me, and it just I could just I don't know why I've seen that thing dozens of times, and I could just sit down and watch it every time. It's just as funny. I sit there because if there's a different person next to me on the couch when it's on, <laughs> I got to give them the play by play too. Did you hear what he just said? Did you hear what he just said? That was hilarious. I do it every, oh, every break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time, it's just it's a great movie. Bad Santa, man. Yeah, I still haven't seen the second part, and I'm a big fan of the first one. So was the second one as good as the first one? There's no – most most of the, you know, those sequels aren't as good, and it's not as good, but it's definitely still entertaining for All sure. Right. It's still funny, yeah, but, you know, obviously can't, can't expect it to be as good as part one. Uh, I mean, I'm torn here. I love some Christmas Vacation. I love Elf. I, I watch the hell out of some Elf when that comes on USA seemingly every day, so – I'll I'll say those two. Derek, you got a favorite Christmas movie? Yeah, Christmas Vacation is probably my favorite all time. But the newer ones, I like The Night Before with Seth Rogen. And then The Office Christmas Party is pretty good, too. There you go. That'll wrap up the user questions. Chop, you said you had a few for us here. So we'll, we'll give the floor just, to Santa, Chop. I just got a couple questions since, uh, you know, you guys had spit out a couple questions and then you got on me for not having any. So I just got two questions because I feel like they're a little bit – uh, relative to what's going on in the news. I, kn- I know you guys read about the, the poker player who spent 30 days in a bathroom in yes. the dark with a $100,000 bed, and they bought his way, they bought, bought him out or whatever. So my, my first question is a two-parter. My first part would be, if you had to do the 30 days in a bathroom, which DFS personality would, would you be able to stand in there for those 30 days with you, which, which is the guy you would choose to go in with you? I, you can't name either one of us either, you know, like it has to be somebody outside yeah, of this. Outside particular. the OGs. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be oh, too boy. much of a cop out. So let's start with uh, Derek, which, which guy out there in the, in the DFS world, could you stand to be locked in that bathroom with for 30 days in the dark? Oh man, I think, uh, I guess I'd have to go bird wings. He's probably, uh, one of my better friends in the industry. He's not really a personality in terms of a, being a tout, but uh, yeah, he's just really calm. Doesn't really, you know, it seems like you'd be fine in there. Beer? Ooh, I'm thinking here. You know, me and Dan do a lot of shows together, and we fight like a married couple. So I don't, I don't think I can last a, a day with Dan. So he's eliminated. I'm gonna steal your boyfriend, Chop. I'm a big team, man. That dude cracks me up. <laughs> I think he would, he would keep the the jokes flowing. And he would be entertaining and. He's a guy I could see He'd spending some time with and getting through those 30 days. So I'm going to go with Tony, big T. Very, very, very good choice. I, I, I'd go, I'd go see as you Ram. He's a pretty positive guy. He'd probably keep you. <laughs> That's true. 
He'd probably keep you pretty uh, positive for the 30 days. He's, he, and he seems pretty respectable to your territory, too. Like, you, some of these guys might get in there and start pissing all over the place or something <laughs> like that. I think CSU would be pretty good about that. Would all you right, take so that challenge? There's, there's no, no way That's what hell. I'm saying. No oh, amount of money in the world. Oh, no, 30 is, days in the dark. I, that can't even be healthy for you, man. That's no, got to knock the, out five years off of your life. And not knowing the time or what day, you have yeah. no idea what's going Like, hell no. The mental anguish you go through, there's no amount of money worth it for me. Yeah, it lasted like 20 days, right? Maybe yeah. They made an agreement or whatever. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. No so second part of that question would be, which DFS personality? Now you Now, you're not altering them as a person or anything about them. But which DFS personality would you choose to mute from your life forever? This is it. Like, like you mute somebody on Twitter and they're just gone. You don't have to – like which one in real life would you just mute forever, just be done with them? They go on about their lives, but you never hear anything about them or anything from them. Boy, that's tough. I'm not a mute. I'm the Twitter. I don't mute anybody. I'm not, I'm not a muter. I, I like to see everybody. They, they can talk as much shit as they want. I enjoy seeing it. So I'm thinking here, Derek, you got somebody? Derek's going to tow the yeah. party line. And go down. <laughs> yeah, he no, is. You don't have anybody. You, you know I'm not one to, you know, stir the pot here, but uh, I'll take an easy answer. I'll go crazy Gaby since, uh, you know, he's not in the industry anyway. I was never a big fan of that. <sighs> oh, that's borderline cop out, Derek. That's borderline. I because, hey, I mean, I that's an answer. <laughs> It is an easy one. I think most people would mute. Would mute well, then him. I could say Fantasy Nomad. So that, that's okay. <laughs> oh, man, Nomad. That guy tried to cover me one-on-one -on -one at that basketball game, reeking of booze. He and almost killed you. Everybody's getting free shots. This guy's up on me on the three-point line in my face. Let me have a free shot, man. Come on, dude. Yeah, that was terrible right there. Man. I've never seen a clothesline in a basketball game. All right, all right. I might have, a, I might have an answer. All right, what all right. you got? So like, I love Tommy G's podcast, but if oh, I can mute him from Twitter, if I can oh, mute him from Twitter, not Tommy G. I mean, just the constant screaming with all caps. I mean, I, 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 I could, I can live with the screaming of these guys. I don't mind that, but it's the guys who come on with the uh, over and over and over re retweets of of the winnings from your program or from your from your website. That's what I don't. If I could just mute just screenshots of your subscribers. I would mute that from Twitter forever, but can't do it without muting the actual person. Especially when it's like a $4 win or something. <laughs> I know there's people that play at different levels, and some people, you know, they turned a dollar into four. They're excited about it, but do, do we really need to retweet that? Like, I don't know. I don't know who it was the other day that retweeted a $2 winning from their subscriber, <laughs> and, and somebody got on them and said, is this real life? Like, is this real? You're really retweeting. I'm glad you won, guy, but two bucks? Come yeah, on. Yeah, the screenshots do go a little far. Chop, you got somebody? Who are you muting? We got, we got to turn the table on you. Who am I muting? There's a lot of candidates. I'd probably have to start with that list of running backs don't matters, guys. So it'd be somebody on that list. But I'll, Davis Maddock would be a, the obvious choice. But I wouldn't want to mute him because he says too many entertaining things. So it'd have to be somebody that's not so much entertaining but just thinks too highly of themselves and doesn't see my point of view not open-minded. So I, I would, I'd go for somebody like Warren Sharp Warren, he can go on about himself. He can do what he does, run his website, do do his stuff, get on the coaches and call them out. But I probably did, wouldn't want to hear too much of that for if, if I went the rest of my life and didn't have to hear that again, I'd, I'd probably be a fine with it. 
There you go. That's a good place to end it here for week 16. So thank you to everybody for the questions, for tuning in. Guys, any final thoughts here? Football, life, Christmas. What do we want to get out of this? Probably our last show before the holiday that's landing on Tuesday. So we will have a week 17 podcast. We will figure out when we're going to record that bad boy. But guys, any final thoughts here before the holidays? Chop. Uh, final thoughts is just, yeah, we won't talk to you again until after the holidays. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Be safe. Be careful. Uh, treat each other right. We're going to get through DFS. We're going to get through these last two weeks. We're going to make some money. We'll, and regardless, we're still going to have a good life. So we're all blessed. Merry Christmas, guys. Absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. Derek, final thoughts here. Week 16 of the OGs. And defenses don't matter. Running backs don't <laughs> matter. Quarterbacks don't matter. The only thing that matters is DFS. So uh, play some DFS. Have a good Christmas. And, uh, yeah, catch you back here for week 17. Damn Santa Claus matters. So Merry Christmas to everybody out there. None of that other stuff matters. But I same thing, Chop said. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Have some fun with Daly. Good luck to everybody in their season-long championship games. Chop, you don't have to worry about that. But good luck in your consolation bracket there, good sir. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. For Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer saying salut, guys. Best of luck this week. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we'll be back for week 17. We're out of here. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. Cool, cool. Just on time. Yep. Same. I got to go get the kids. Merry Christmas to you guys. Yes, talk. sir. We'll figure yeah. out the recording. I'll, I'll see what they want to do. So I'll let you guys do it. All right. See, see ya. Yeah.